0: If what I did for you is because what you did for me in return, then what I did for you, I really did for me. And that's how the church has done everything for a long time. We've used manipulation to serve ourselves. So on that note, it doesn't matter what the Rock used to say. It don't matter. (laughs) What? It's being generous. It's giving of yourself. You know, we only we, we really only try to have our workers volunteer once a month. And the more we have, then it's once every two months. It's really not a burden on really anyone. It is a burden when the same few, Belinda, for example, uh, Mark, for example, um, other people, Amber with the nursery. It, it becomes a, a burden uh, when they're, if someone's not out, they fill in. Then after a while, it's like, whoa, I've filled in like three out of four weeks, you know. So please, see my wife, see Mandy. We'll we'll help you know what to do. You're like, man, I don't know if I can teach the kids. The lessons and everything are all pre-printed. If you're the teacher for that week, we send you the lesson by Thursday morning so that you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday to just look it over so you know what to do. You don't have to really do a whole lot of thinking if you don't want to. (laughs) If you want to, go for it. Like Mark puts a lot of thought into it. Um, but we just need help. So is that, is that okay for me to say that? Um, we have a lot of kids here, and our kids are important. And, and, you know, we can say that. We can say that all we want, and then come in here, and us adults enjoy it. And our, our kids are needing help, and we're in here saying, we love our kids. We need to sew into our kids. And then we come in here for us. It doesn't add up sometimes. Like uh, Nick does not compute. <laughs> have you ever heard Nick do that? Some of the kids probably have. You who's know, he, he? Acts like a robot. It does not come. He's crazy, but uh, so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And so we need to to do this and go for it. Um, so yeah, so please see us. I want to, Lord, I just thank you for today. I, I thank you because you're good. You know, when no matter what's going on, we can always say you're good and you're faithful. Always, no matter what, you are good and you're faithful. And so we just thank you for, we ask that today you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. That is our heart's desire, Lord, it's to know you, not to be informed, not to be be given a degree in religion or the Bible, but to really know you as a person and to be known by you. And we just thank you for that, Lord. Amen. All right. I was thinking, I used to be very ashamed of who I used to be. I would carry it. I would, um, when anyone would, will, even now, people refer to the Jared that they used to know. I kind of want to be like, mm, I don't want to really talk about him. Anyone ever felt like that? And uh, I'm still breaking through that where I don't have to answer for him anymore, so who cares? Talk about him all you want. I don't answer for that guy anymore. He, he He's dead. He paid for who he was. And I don't have to answer for him. And that is very freeing, to think of your old nature and say, I don't have to answer for my old nature anymore. I don't even have to, to talk about it. And as I was growing up, you know, I, I looked, and I want to tell you this and get into to the word real quick. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, here else you're with me. You've made a lot of mistakes. I was, I was, and I still am, a very passionate person. And so I would do a lot of things and not always think about it before I would do it. It wasn't just because I was young. I was just stupid. had nothing to do with age. It was just ingrained in me. It was just, I'm going full speed. I may clear this, you know, hurdle, or I may stumble and fall. And if I stumble and fall, it's going to be a horrible fall, but I'm going full out. And people that have known me for a while, they would know. And a lot of the things that I would do, there would be public mistakes. People would know. People would hear about it. You know, the reputation was being built. But one thing that everyone that knew me, knew old Jared, they would say, no matter what you did, you you really did love God. And you really pursued after him, you know. And um, something happened to me as I was thinking about that this week. I learned what grace was by no matter how many times I fell down, I still turned my heart toward the Lord. And I learned, now what, I, what I'm living in now, I learned through hard seasons of making stupid mistakes. But I learned to get up and, and remember that he's really for me. To get up and come close to him even though I was filthy. To get up and come close to him even though I, I knew I didn't deserve to be in his presence. Because he was really holy and I'm not. And I didn't know at the time, I just felt like I was a hypocrite. I felt like I would say something with my mouth, like, I really love you, God, and I would do something else. And I would label it as a hip- hypocrite at the time, and we've all done that, right? I'm just a hypocrite. I can't do what I really say I want to do. And I lived like, feeling like a hypocrite for a long time. But I look back now, and I was just trying to figure out what grace was. And I was trying to figure out how to live in grace. And I learned how to stay with him by staying with him through the hardest times of my life. And I just felt like I wanted to tell, tell someone that today. I don't care what you're going through. It, it, it doesn't matter to God. He doesn't grade our sin or our weakness. It, it, it doesn't, he doesn't determine how close we can get to him by our behavior. Right. Yeah, right, yes. he, he doesn't have like access codes that he only gives to certain people. And you have this level of access if you live according to this level of behavior. He doesn't do that with us. He, he is the kind of God. He is not afraid of being taken advantage of. Oh. I'm so afraid for people to take advantage of me because I'm not totally like him yet. I don't want someone to use me. But all through the Bible, he teaches us, no, love those that use you and persecute you. Why would, he, why would he tell us to do that? Why, should we cut those people out of our life and not give them any access to who we are? No, because that's not how he is. And he's literally trying to tell us, you know, I don't withhold myself from you. It's, it's called love. I keep no records of wrongs. I do not withhold my love from you. I don't withhold my affection from you. And and I just felt like going there before we got into the other, other stuff I felt like talking. We may just stop here and pray because God wants you to know what grace is. Grace is not it's not a lie. We've talked about it a lot. We were even talking yesterday, Stephen. It isn't a license to just do whatever we want. You can do whatever you want though. You're like what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's true. Grace says everything is permissible, but grace also says it doesn't mean it's gonna be good for you. So we're trying to learn this walk. Many of us were raised in religion, we were raised in church, so we have this distorted view of grace sometimes. Not always, not everyone does, but a lot of us we do. We grew up with, you know, we were afraid of grace because we thought grace meant license to do whatever we want. We were afraid of grace as ministers because we thought if we would tell people what grace was, they would just go out and do all this evil stuff. The reason we felt that way was because we felt people are evil. And if people are evil, and if the, if the restriction, oh, if the restriction, if the restraints are removed from people and they can do whatever's in their heart to do, they will do bad. That's what we thought. How many of you have ever felt that way about yourself? And if the restraints are taken away, if God just comes down and removes all the, the fence posts and takes down the barbed wire fence and says, you can do anything that's in your heart. If that happens, there, we are faced with who do we really believe we are. If I believe that I'm evil, if I believe that other people are evil, then that scares me to take the fences down because I feel like I need to be controlled or I need to control others. Because after all, we're all evil in our heart. But when we get into what grace really is, it's God taking the fences down and not being afraid of where we go when the fence is down. Not being afraid of what we do when the fence is down, when we can do whatever we want to. We're all thinking of teenagers when we get 18 and we can go sow sow the wild oats and do whatever we really wanted to do ever. You know, all the things we were told not to do, we got to do those things now, you know? That is not how God sees us. He trusts us. The reason we have to get the identity thing, we have to really know who we are, is because there are, is no fence anymore. <laughs> there is no barbed wire fence or there's no shock collar on your neck or if you get too far, <laughs> he's going to shock you and make sure you don't go too far. That, there, there is, that isn't there anymore. The Bible says that the law was fulfilled, it was paid for, it was finalized by Jesus dying on the cross. It was finished. The penalty for every sin that I ever did or ever will do was already paid for. Think about that for one minute. How do we react when we sin? We freak out as if Jesus didn't already forgive us for it. And we act like, now I have to perform a certain way to get back in his grace instead of just being close to him. Look, behavior is a big deal. (laughs) Our behavior determines where we spend eternity. So don't think that behavior isn't a big deal. Every decision that we make, everything that we do, the Bible says that we we will be judged before the judge. One day we will stand before him and give an account for everything we did in our life. We'll give an account for it. So saying that it doesn't matter, we can just do whatever we want, that's the foolish talk right there. That's, that's what's scary is when people's heart is wrong, they take grace and manipulate it. So that's why we had to go and get our heart right because as our heart goes, the rest of us goes, right? And so Jesus took care of it. He took care of all of it. And what he's looking for is, do you believe in your connection with him enough that you will stay close to him no matter what happens? Do you believe in your conversation that you're having with God right now enough? Does he mean enough to you that whether you feel like you're okay or not, you'll stay close to him? That's the question. Do you believe really that in your, the deepest place of your heart that God is making you like him, more like him, and that your desires can actually become his desires? Do you believe that? And what are you afraid of? What, you know, we said this to, our, to the leader LDP class yesterday. What is failure? Who cares? Exactly. Who cares if you mess up? You are an adult. Take a rag, clean up your mess, and keep going. You will not be defined by the mess that you make. Oh, the most powerful, most awesome people in the world are the ones that clean up their messes. And people look at them like, man, they take care of their business. They clean up their mess. It's, it's called repentance. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, hey, bring the fruit of your repentance. There's fruit that comes from repentance. It's not a I'm sorry with my mouth. It's now I'm going to live in a certain way in my life to protect our connection. And because I'm living to protect our connection, then I will have fruit that comes from our connection Because I'm in you and you're in me. I'm in the vine, John 15. And because I'm protecting my connection, I will become fruitful in my life. And so now what I do is I bring the fruit of my repentance, which really is the fruit of our life is offspring of our relationship with God. Come on, listen to me. God wants us to bring us the fruit of our repentance. And what he's really saying is, don't bring me behavioral things. Bring me the things that naturally are the byproduct of your love for me and my love for you. You fall in love with me, things would just happen that you didn't even mean to make happen. They just happened because you're connected to me. It's impossible to be connected to the life source and not have life popping up all around us. So when he says, hey, bring me the fruit of your repentance, what he's saying is bring me the offspring of our loving relationship. Bring me the babies that are born because of our affection for one another. This is what God's saying to us. If you're here and you don't trust yourself, you are not that bad. I want to say that again. I don't know if you really heard me. You are really not that bad. Like if Saddam Hussein was in the room, we could say the same thing. Oh Saddam, give it a break. You can't run from God. You are not that bad. But we think, oh, man, he's like one of the worst people. He's public enemy number one, you know. But God would not think a thing. He, You're not too far. You're not too bad. You're not too rebellious. You're not beyond repair. You're not beyond grace. You're not beyond the identity that I put in you when you were born. I can, rev- I can bring that to the surface instead of all the other. That's the way God feels about you today and about me today. He is not threatened by the things that we just stumble and fall in. Matter of fact, he calls those people that stumble and fall righteous but when they get back up. Yeah. What? He defines a righteous man as one who stumbles and falls but gets back up. Not one who gets it right every time, but one that even when he stumbles and falls or when she stumbles and falls, she gets back up and stays connected. He says, that's righteousness because righteousness is not behavior. We've talked about this so much in the past. I just really wanted to go here um, today. We've talked, we've talked about this often, but righteousness has zero to do with what you do with how you act with the words that you, the the Christian slogans that come out of our mouths. Oh, I'm so tired of the Christian slogans. Let's just be real with each other. Let's be real. Righteousness is, is relational. It is completely relational. I cannot be righteous without being relational. The only way that I can be who he says that I am is to be relational with him, to be connected to him. <clears throat> what did Jesus say? He says, I'm the door, I'm the gate, I'm the good shepherd. He says... The only way to my father is through me, through relationship with me. If you try to get to the father by any other means, you're a thief and you're a robber. What does that mean? If I am trying to gain all the benefits of a relationship with God without actually having a relationship with God, then I am a thief. talking about learning what grace was if if how many of you have ever been robbed before how many of you were robbed of something that you probably would have given that other person if they would have just asked for it yeah. Someone stole the copper, you know, a couple years ago from the AC unit, and all I want to tell them when this has happened, I've I've had this happen so many times through through the years at our youth center and whatnot. I just want to tell them, if you need twenty bucks, I'll give you twenty bucks because that's all you're getting from this. It's twenty bucks. I don't care if you buy crack with the twenty dollars. Just stop stealing my air conditioning unit, (laughs) you thief! If you are really in need. I will gladly fulfill your need. You don't have to steal it from me. So what I want to say to every one of us, myself included, is God will gladly give us everything that He has. Don't try to steal it from him by trying to earn it from him. Don't like think that you are so slick that you can manipulate in him into giving you something because you act a certain way. We are not con artists or artistes. <laughs> we are not. We can't con God into doing something he already wants to do. It's the funniest thing, thinking I can steal benefits from a God who has already given them to me. Yes. How foolish are we? <laughs> Very foolish. Well, let's stop it. Let's just stop that today. Will you come close? You know, Jesus is looking over the city and he begins to cry because he's like, they're, they're like sheep with no shepherd. They're running here. They're running there. There is no order to their life. They're just completely disorganized. And I've cried out to them over and over and over again that I will bring you close. I'll bring order to your life. I'll pull you like a mother hen pulls the chicks under her wings and, and brings protection and shelter. I would do this, but you keep telling me no. And so Jesus wept over them. I feel like the Lord's saying to us as a church, you know, grace is bigger than we think that it is. You know, I wrote something down that I had actually something else prepared. With scripture verse and everything, I promise I believe in the Bible. So if I haven't, I quote scripture a lot of times and don't tell where it is, but I'm all right there. I'm right there. But um, one of the things I wrote down is God, God told me that, told me this, this morning. He said, nothing is off limits. He told me, he said, Jared, I have not pulled anything off the table. Everything's available. In uh, John 16, verse 23 through 27. So see, I get to the Bible here. <laughs> we have to make it legal and official and all good, right? John sixteen twenty three through 27. And I'll just kind of summarize. No, I'm not. I'm going to read it because we want to make it really official. <laughs> in John 16, verse 23. It says, in that day, you will not question me about anything. They had a lot of questions for Jesus, right? <laughs> Pretty cool. John 16, verse 23. It so in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you that if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Everyone say that with me. If I ask, I ask the, Father the Father for anything, for anything. In, his name, in his name, he will give it to me. It to verse 24. Until now, you haven't asked me for anything. But he says, ask. He's like urging them, ask me for stuff. I want to give you stuff. Ask me and you will receive so that your joy may be full. Verse 25, it says, these things I have spoken to you in figurative language. In other words, he's telling them, I've, I've told you a lot of stuff and I have veiled it in a language that you don't fully understand everything I've said yet. How many of you have ever had a conversation with God and he said something and you got something out of it, but later you're like, oh man, he said way more than what I thought he said. That's the way he works, right? And he's telling them, hey, I've spoken to you in like parables and figurative language. He says, but a time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language. But I will tell you plainly what the Father says. I will tell you plainly of the Father. Verse 26 says, in that day, so when that happens, when I stop speaking to you through parables and in figurative language and I start speaking plainly to you, in that day you will ask in my name and I do not say to you that I will go to the Father and ask him for it for you. All right, you see what's going on here? Jesus is lifting the veil and saying, I'm I'm about to take this cloudiness away from the things I say to you. Because they would leave, and they would, the Bible said many times, they they would use the word perplexed. (laughs) They would leave after he taught them, and they were perplexed. Like, I don't know what he's saying there. I don't fully understand it. They would even go to themselves and have conversations. Hey, uh, what did you think Jesus meant by that? And, you know, they would try to act like they got it all, you know, like they're the ones that really understood him. And they would have these conversations, and sometimes Jesus would overhear them and say, Oh, man, you're so slow of learning, you know, that kind of stuff. But he's saying, I'm not going to talk to you like that anymore. I'm, I'm about to lift the veil. It's like he says, I think it's in John 14 or so. He says... Um, I want to, there's so much more I want to tell you. There's so much more I want to release to you, but you can't sustain what I want to give you yet. If I give it to you now, it will absolutely, it will crush you. It will destroy you. But he seeks, there will be a time, and this is the time Jesus is talking about. He said, and not only will I I release the veil of what I'm telling you, and I'll talk more clearly to you, but in that time, when you ask for something, you're not going to come to me and say, hey, Jesus, would you go ask dad for this? And then Jesus will say, okay, here's what the Father, here's, here's what you asked for from the Father. Jesus says, in that time, you will go directly to the Father for yourself. Everybody still with me? Yes. You will go to, to the Father for yourself and ask Him, and He will directly give you what you're asking. Right. He says, for the Father loves you because you have loved me and believed that I came from Him. Yes. So we're at a place now where... The fences have been laid down. And he's, he says, run free. Run free. Look, grace, grace. is, I, I, we said talked about Steve yesterday, grace is harder than the law. You know why grace is harder than the law? Because it's a relationship. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a law contract. That's why marriage is not easy. Marriage is not a law contract like we think it is. It's not a contract. It is a living, active relationship. And relationships are not easy. They're not pretty. We both make the other one frustrated. We both rub the other one the wrong way. We both go through seasons where we're just foolish. And we may do something stupid or may not or whatever. We may not be attentive or may be too attentive, whatever it is. Relationships are difficult. Grace is much more difficult than the law. Because it requires a heart connection. So many of us want to just turn our heart off and have a relationship with the kingdom. You can't have a relationship with the kingdom with your heart turned off. You can't have a connection to the fullness of God with the heart key turned off. Where he impacts us and we impact him. I I, I want us to just keep that fresh in our minds. God is moved by us and we're moved by him. It's a relationship. It's way harder than the law that's just strict. There is no subtext in the law. <laughs> do not do this, do not do that, do not do this, and do not do that. And while you're not doing this, don't do that. It's, there is no subtext. There's no reading between the lines. There's no understanding, you know, the, the, what they're saying really what, when they're saying it. There's no reading the emotions, reading the eyes. There's none of that with the law. That's why grace is difficult because it's relational. It's messy. Am I telling the truth? And God is saying, I'm not afraid to be in this relationship with you. I'm not afraid of who you are. I'm not afraid of what you've done. I'm not afraid of your attitudes. We can fix all of that. All I want is your heart. All I want is a connection to your heart. If we can get that connection down, I'm going to start downloading stuff into you that's going to upgrade your software, that's going to turn you into another person. It's going to release that person you really wanted to be all along. You just were so scared to let that person grow, or you didn't know how. And the the fence has been broken down, and he trusts you. He's not afraid. He knows who he said that you are. You know, for the last seven or eight years, a scripture has haunted me. And I really mean it. It's haunted me. And so Jesus said to them, you are already clean because of the word I planted inside of you. And I, I knew what it meant. You know, logically, I can tell, oh, that's what he meant by it. But I knew there was there's still more to this and there are more layers to it. And I'm beginning to see that when he plants his word inside of us, it's, it creates a momentum inside of our heart. It creates a capacity inside of our heart to become what he said that we are. So when he says, you're already clean, because I spoke a word into you a long time ago, that's progressively making you into a clean person. It's the relational thing. It's the intimacy thing. Am I, am, are you understanding? And so God is wanting you to know, he spoke his identity inside of you. You were formed in the very nature of God, and he is fully confident that when he spoke himself into us, when he spoke his word into us, when he created us, he knows that that word is going to return to him without without being void, without uh, uh, without failing. He knows that. So all he's trying to say is just connect to me. Connect to me. The only way that that thing will not happen is if you keep away from me. Is everybody okay? So here's what he's saying. Nothing's off limits. Nothing's off the table. He's not holding, you know, his cards back. Nothing is hidden. Why don't you say that with me? Nothing is hidden. We... I'm going to close with this thought. We define revelation as it's not God giving you something new. It's not him telling you something that, that he's never thought of before. It's not him creating something new that wasn't there. Revelation is just very simply him lifting the veil and giving you a sneak peek into what has been there the whole time. But because of the intimacy of your relationship, because of you coming closer to him, he's saying, oh, since we've come closer, I need to reveal more of myself to you. Since we've come closer, I need to reveal more of who I am to you. So I determine and you determine how much of him we get by how close we allow our heart to come to him. The most dangerous thing that any of us can do in our relationship with God or our relationship with other people is to turn our heart off. It's to turn our love off. everybody okay so if you're here and I'm just going to say this if you've turned your heart off turn it back on now just turn the switch just flip the switch it is You know, oh it's not that easy yes it is the decision to turn it off is the same as it is to turn it on it's the same decision I'm just going to turn my heart off I'm not going to let anyone in it's the same decision to let him back in It's not harder. It's not more difficult. It's the same authority. Everybody good? It's not more difficult to turn the light switch back on once you turned it off. It's just a switch. Father, I just speak over every heart here now. That you would do what you said that you would take the hardness of our heart and you would make it flesh again. You would make it soft again. Open us to the limitless possibilities. Entice us with relationship with you. (laughs) Reveal to us, Lord, the adventure that comes in knowing you. Teach us the unforced rhythm of grace. Oh yeah. The grace lets whatever's in our heart grow. It causes whatever's in our heart to grow. Good or bad. It's still the grace of God when sin is brought to the surface, that we see it. It's the grace of God saying, "Hey, you're not functioning at full capacity. Let's take care of this thing and you'll be back to 100%. That's the grace of God. It's not the judgment of God that reveals our weakness. Why would he say in our weakness his strength is made perfect? Why would he say that if he's afraid of our weakness or, or if our weakness has the ability to, to just destroy us? He, he's not afraid of that. He's the one who takes the weak and makes it strong. He can flip things. He's a master at doing the, that, of, of taking what's bad and turning it and making it work for our benefit. You may have been in a really dark season right now. You may be, your heart may be really wounded. And that's usually why we turn our heart off, because there's a wound, maybe a lot of wounds. But God can heal. And it's not a, we, we said that God doesn't want to progressively heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you now, like instantly fix what was broken. It's just letting him in, letting him in. Why is this important? It's not just, this is not a message today just for people that are wounded or that their hearts are hardened. This is also an invitation to everyone in here into the fullness of the kingdom. This is how we get to the fullness of the kingdom. It's my heart belongs to him and his heart belongs to me and I can get anything I ask him for. I can have anything I want from him. You'd be just like the, the Samaritan woman who came and broke the alabaster jar over his feet. And he says, hey, for, for the, ever, for eternity, her act right here will be remembered. It's an act of worship to me because she affected my heart by something she wanted to do. Amen. I know I've talked a long time. God wants us to enter into this place where we think anything is possible because we know we're connected to Him. And it creates this boldness inside of us. It's, you know, I'm going to ask for stuff I've never asked for before. I'm going to ask Him for things that I, that I never even thought about asking for. Let's just awaken our creativity. Awaken the ask inside of us. <laughs> the ask, the ask, the ask. Ask Him, knock, knock, knock. Why don't you stand, we're just going to pray into this. God, we say yes. Come on, just start talking to him. Father, we say yes to what you're doing in our hearts. We say yes to you pulling us closer in relationship, enticing us into a closer relationship. We say yes right now. We want more. (sighs) We're not afraid to be known by you. Give us more grace. <laughs> give us more grace. Why don't you pray that God give, me more grace. God give me more grace? Yeah. The empowering presence of God. Oh, the grace we ask for more grace. We ask for more grace. We ask for understanding of grace. Uh, not just to connect us but to make us effective warriors. To make us effective kingdom people that bring your kingdom here on earth. It's all through grace, God. It's how we start in the kingdom. It's how we live in the kingdom. It's through grace. Father, I just ask right now that you would pour more grace into every heart here. Why don't you pray for your neighbor that they would have more grace. Just more grace, God. Let it flow let it flow in here. Wine is found in the cluster, not in the grape, Lord. We connect. We connect right now. We network our hearts. We bring our hearts together. And we ask for more grace and more grace to flow. May more strength flow in this house, Father. May more revelation flow in this house now. Dreams and visions, Father. Oh, yeah, Lord. More grace. He gives more grace. Unlimited grace, Father. Unlimited grace. Yes, Lord. Activate us today, Lord. Activate us. Yeah? Arm us. you're here and you want to start seeing miracles and signs and wonders, I want you just to lift your hands right now and just ask him to activate you. A- ask him to arm you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Activate us. Awaken our hearts. Awake, awake, oh sleep. Awaken from your slumber. Let Christ shine on you. Until Christ is formed in us. Yes, Father. Awaken us. Awaken our soul. Awaken our hearts. Yes, Father. Everyone that wants to see miracles and signs and wonders. They will only happen when you engage your heart with someone else's heart. Listen to me. Have many watched the, the Finger of God and Furious Love yeah. and the, the last one? I can't think of it. Father of, Father of Lights, those movies by Darren Wilson. We'll, we'll have to have more showings of those coming up because a lot of people haven't seen them. But basically what he went was he wanted to make a documentary of the power of God in action. That's how he started out in this trilogy of videos. He wanted to show the power of God in action. And he says that when we would go to film, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. We wouldn't see anything. He said, and then we figured out it's because we weren't loving and connecting with people's hearts. He said, and once we learned to love people and to connect on a heart level with people, he said the miraculous happened without, without effort, without striving, without any tension at all, it happened as my heart connected with someone else's heart, then what I have in my heart connection with God is released into their heart. Listen to me. You want to see supernatural things happen? Engage with God on a heart level and then allow yourself to engage with other people's hearts and that the supernatural will become natural in our lives. Amen? So, Father, we say yes to that. We pray that you'd help our heart to stay connected with you And that we will look for opportunities to connect hearts with other people. Rather than cutting people off. hmm, Rather than allowing offense to keep us separate from other people. Or frustrations or time constraints. Or whatever it is that keeps us from allowing our heart to go there with others. I ask that you would help us to not be that way anymore. That we just stop it. And we'll connect hearts with other people. That we will not be afraid of being taken advantage of. That will not be afraid of being used or duped, but that will simply love. <laughs> Amen. Well, if you need more prayer, you want someone to pray with you personally, you have something going on with your family, you need a miracle, you need healing in your body. Someone will meet you here at the front. You need a prophetic word. Someone will meet here and just begin to prophesy over you, all right? Let's just prophesy into your heart. Um, everybody, we love you guys. Um, There are bulletins that tell everything that's going on. In case you don't know, you can also check the website. Um, And we love you. We ask that you have encounters this week. Father, we pray for encounters this week. Amen. Be blessed, everybody. Encounters, Father. We pray for encounters.